welcome back. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Steveovich. And we are just tickled pink that you decided to join us today, July 10th, 2021. This is, in fact, episode 231 today. We're going to be getting right into our topic of the day. But before we do, make sure you shove that notification button, maybe nudge that notification bell. That way you won't miss a single episode of, I was going to say YouTube, Joygasm. <laughs> I was going to say, why don't you get that subscribe button and an arm lock and then troll around somersault and arm bar it a little bit. Why do arm lock? Why not headlock? Get that subscribe button into a headlock. Give it a noogie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so you're aware. We have new episodes that drop once a week, every week. And by doing so, you will not miss out on a single episode. Our topic of the day that we're going to be getting right into is the Black Widow movie review. We're going to be starting out with our high-level thoughts of the film. Spoiler free. Before going into the spoiler elevator and doing a deep analysis of the film. Steve. A deep dive. A, a cannonball, a belly flop. <laughs> I always like those sounds. I really do. Steve, please yeah. offer, you know, so, okay, full okay. disclosure. We did not see this movie together. We saw it yep. separately with our significant others. Spouses. So, unfortunately, we couldn't, like, jab each other and be like, oh, oh did you see that? <gasps> yeah, no, I didn't see it. I'm just watching the same screen as you are. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> My face was in the popcorn bag. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, I, I found a great piece yeah. of buttered salted oh, goodness. I, well, I, what happened? I dropped a milk dud somewhere. Did I miss something? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Steve, please enlighten me as to what you thought overall. Well, um, okay. So overall, I I did like it. I did like the movie, Russ, but I thought here, here's the dealy do. Mm, the dealy do. Here's the dealy deal. I think... Not the Morning Dew? Not the Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Oh, not sponsored by Mountain Dew, by the no, way. No, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. I think this movie would have been better. I liked it, but I think it would have been better had it come out a while ago. Like, like it was originally supposed to? It was originally supposed to. <laughs> like when and everybody was calling for like, hey, we got an Iron Man movie. We got a Hulk movie. We got a Thor movie. Okay, there's Black Widow. We're going to get a Black Widow movie. And then everything happened. And then we were like, well, you know, scratching our bald spots. Like, why, why are we not getting a Black Widow movie? I don't understand. And so um, now this comes out. We're like, okay, finally. And then COVID happened. And we're like, okay, why are we waiting again? Why We have Disney Plus. Why are we waiting even further for this movie to come out? And so finally it does. And I just don't feel like it, it, did, it received the service that it should. I think that um, I, th- I feel like had this movie come out when it originally did and had it got the, the TLC that it needed, I think it could have been a lot better because right now it almost feels um, as if there's something missing. It feels a little bit flat. It feels a, I don't, I don't want to say rushed. It doesn't feel necessarily rushed. Um, it just feels like a little bit flat, a little bit lacking. Interesting. A little, bit, a little bit hollow to and me. And you think it's because it's it's due to the fact that it got pushed out? Yeah, I think that I think they did it because the fans wanted it, but I don't really feel like Oh wait, so so you're not I just want to make sure I'm I'm understanding you correctly. So 
you're not saying that the the movie somehow lost some of its relevancy because it got delayed due to COVID. You're saying that you're you're questioning whether or not it did the character justice based on having a standalone movie. I'm saying both, actually. Oh, so okay. I'm saying that I don't think that that it did the character any justice about uh, having a it not made way back when I'm, I'm saying that all I'm so well saying that, but also I'm wondering why it was also delayed uh, due to COVID because we had Disney plus it's still available on Disney plus. I'm sure they wanted to have some theater participation as well, but it almost, it was almost like why, why postpone it? You know? So we had all this wait time, all this anticipation and then yeah. the movie finally comes out. And I just don't think it's as good as it could have been as we, and as I wanted it to be. That's interesting. I, um, I'm not sure what my response to that would necessarily be. I'm, I, I would say I'm certainly glad that, that the movie did come out. I, I enjoyed the film. Uh, I think that it was not as epic as it could have been. I think that there are certain things that I am looking forward to talking about in terms yeah. of like things that I would have liked to have seen done perhaps a bit differently. But having said that, I think in terms of the film itself, Personally, like I don't what I th I th I think I, I I partially agree with you in the sense that like if I had my choice, I would have rather had this film come out when it was originally scheduled to come out. And I think it's kind of weird because you know, life in general just kind of got placed on pause due to COVID-19 and everything else. But I think in terms of of the film itself, like I don't think it necessarily like whether it came out a couple of years ago versus a couple of years later. I don't think it, it created some sort of detrimental effect on the overall quality of the film. Um, I think the film itself is is um, you know it, it it is what it is in terms of, of what they decided to to create for that. But, sure. Um, did you have any other high level thoughts? Um, I would also say that I I am thankful that this is not like the world's going to end kind of movie. Yeah. You know, I don't, we already had, you know, all these phases of Marvel where it's, it's ginormous and it's epic yeah. scale. Yeah. And I don't want that right now. I, I do appreciate some of the smaller stuff that's sure. happening uh, with Marvel. So, and, and I don't think they're, you know, Black Widow is probably not going to save the world by herself. I mean, that'd be cool, but I don't, I just don't think that's good going to happen. Well, and, and to the, the credit of a lot of the more like, like hero standalone films, they don't really have that level. Like it's not like a Thanos level, the universe or universes are all going to have some sort of horrible destruction occur or atrocity, but they do have certain types of, of enemies or rivals that do get introduced and, and they, they kind of persevere and, and have to figure out how to defeat them and that sort of thing. So, um, so that, that's definitely cool. Would you uh, just just speaking from high level? So sure. you you did in fact enjoy the film. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I definitely did enjoy it. I thought the the like David is it David Harbor or David Arbor? Oh man, uh, I want to make sure. I, I want to say Harbor. <laughs> the H is silent. <laughs> um, <laughs> The B is silent. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the cast when we get into it. Well, I was just going to say that I, everybody had a great screen time. Is what yes. I, I did appreciate the acting skills of everybody. There was not, I would say that there was a poor choice of casting. I thought the casting went well. I really enjoyed, I love seeing uh, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow again. I love seeing uh, the actress, I can't remember her name, but she was uh, the sister. And of course, uh, David Arbor, He's he was from... Um, 
Oh gosh, he was from the, the the. I can see the title, but I can't say the name. What's the the Netflix show? The, oh, Stranger uh, Things. Stranger Things. I've yeah. always wanted to see him be in something big. Uh, ever since I I saw him in Stranger Things, and um, and I'm glad he was in this. I I like seeing him on screen. Every time he was there, it, a it was comic relief, but b I I think think he's great. Oh yeah, no, I I am also a big fan of of his. He was also Hellboy. I don't know if was you saw he? the the remake of Hellboy. I did not. Rush. I never. I haven't seen anything of Hellboy except for. A oh, I thought trailer. you saw the, the original. You always say that. You always. <sighs> oh, those are so good. Guillermo del Toro, Ron Perlman as Hellboy. Woo! I, I think you're a big Guillermo del Toro fan. I am bigger a fan big, than I. Am. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You would not be mistaken in that. I'm, I'm getting to the bottom, by the way, of uh, making sure. Uh, let's see here. Yes, it is, in fact, with an H. David Harbour, Steve. Gotcha. David Harbour. And Florence uh, And Florence is the, the sister. Her last name is P-U-G-H. So I'm assuming you pronounce it Pug. Pug? Pug? I have no idea, and I, I apologize right. if I'm totally butchering it. I think I'm just going to refer to her as Florence because I don't want to keep <laughs> Florence <laughs> mis- mispronouncing her last name. Like, <laughs> so anyway, um, how about we uh, crawl our way into the spoiler elevator, Steve? You know, I wonder how you doing? if uh, I would look hot in a Black Widow style leotard, Steve? I'm thinking I'm gonna shave my chest hair into a little Black Widow symbol. Right here. (laughs) (laughs) You should do that around your belly button. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? I'm like, ooh, he must be poisonous. I'm like, nah, just dangerous. (laughs) Anyone who's got this mark, so wrong (laughs) so wrong you know I do have red hair so I'm already halfway there but I think Scarlett Johansson probably uh, actually it's not even really probably it's more of a definite I think it's the wrong shade of red (laughs) the wrong shade of red well you don't (laughs) like the gray with the red you think that might be problematic that's like peaches and cream a little bit if the peaches were sun baked peaches and cream Well, this is, in fact, the spoiler portion of our review of Black Widow. So if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to be spoiled, we suggest you pause us. Otherwise, if you don't care, then let us continue. Steve! Um, I guess let's get into the overall plot of the film. What, what did you think overall? Well, uh, so this, is, to my understanding, is right, right after, what is it, Civil War? I think it was. Yes, I, th- I think that um, the film takes place, actually, it's probably like during Civil War. Like, I don't think Civil War. Well, well, no, it had to be like d- right after. It was, I think it was in between Winter Soldier and Civil War, right? Because Civil War, like, like I think. Um, I thought everybody was on the outs. Like, like Civil War was the one where, was it, General Ross goes, okay, you either got to comply or you're out. And that's like when there was a line drawn in the sand and then right. everybody kind of goes their own way. And that's the whole like airport battle scene that happened, you know, and they were fighting each other. You might be right. I, th- I think that, um, per- well, 
and well, regardless, it happened right around that time frame. Yeah, but I, but I think you may be right in the sense that maybe Civil War just happened, and like Cap and Tony aren't talking to each other. There's, there's right. a huge fallout, and so now we get to kind of find out like what Black Widow was up to. Right. So that's further on, but we get a little bit of history. You know, she's growing up. You you see her family dynamic. You think everything's the beginning of the movie is really intense. By the way, it's pretty pretty good. Did you like the beginning of the movie? I did. Yeah. So we have this stuff that happened early on, and then we get caught up with what's happening right now. And she is basically kind of forced into this mission to take out who this Russian person who did their family wrong, right? Uh, who, who's he's kind of has his fingers in all sorts of worldly affairs yeah. and basically has these female assassins. He's been capturing kids uh, who have been orphaned in a sense, I guess, and training them up to be assassins. He's got mind control on them, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we learn later on, of course, you know, they, they caused wars or caused wars to end or caused famine or he's been just dabbling in terrible sure. stuff. So Black Widow gets forced into this. And, um, and then in doing so is forced to deal with some family drama that's been happening and that she's been kind of like forcing it back into baggage for, for a lot of her life. And, um, I guess that's a very in general sense, but that's basically what's going on. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was interesting about the, going back to the beginning of the film, I personally am always fascinated by films that kind of take place kind of around the time that you and I were born. And the early eighties was a fascinating time because you had like the cold war that was kind of winding down a bit, or maybe it was still going on. I don't really, it may have actually been going on still. And there's a lot of espionage, a lot of spying going on between the United States and the Soviet Union. And it was really a a really neat time period to just kind of analyze, if you will. But I I really liked how it took place. And like, I think it was like 1983. And uh, you you see, oh, actually, was it? It wasn't 83, was it? It was 1995. Yeah, it sounds about right. Or did they have scenes that started out in 1983? Like, I feel like the, the year 1983 was in the film at the very beginning. It definitely felt 83. It felt 80s-ish. Yeah, like, there's something... Well, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think that in terms of, like, when the film first began, they were, and they were talking about what was going on, that sort of thing. I want to say it was like early eighties, but then it goes to 1995, which is when we see Scarlett and, um, her sister and, and the, you know, the whole family doing their thing. And I thought that, that the, the, the intro was in fact, uh, really intense in a fun way. Like, like some of the things that I noticed was like when they're being uh, chased by the police, for example, it had a very ET kind of vibe. Yeah, I kind of did. We're like, you know, it was at nighttime. And again, it was, it was so far back in the, I wonder if that's where I'm getting 1983 from. It's really funny. (laughs) But um, when it comes to, um, the, the different types of visuals. It was at night. You couldn't really see who they, who was chasing them. It had like the big, like, you know, floodlights and spotlights on the, the, the police trucks and stuff. And they were in this little plane and they're trying to make their way out of there. And, and I think that's, that's why I go back and forth with it because they land in Cuba. Right. And I don't remember if, if, uh, Russia had troops in Cuba in 1995, 
I think they were more likely to have them back in the 80s than, than they did in the, the mid-90s. Right. But uh, then again, I'm, I'm not like some sort of like history historian, yeah, history expert. So, yeah. But anyway, regardless of that, I still really enjoyed it. I loved how they um, set the whole thing up with that. I loved how, again, these kind, of, these kind of stories are really fascinating in the sense that they're like these origin stories, right? Like it sets up the relationship. So you see Black Widow, who is this like, you know, looks like a 10 year old girl or something. Sure. And, and her father is clearly um, a spy for the Soviet Union, as is their mother. In fact, they're not even a real family. Like, like they are right. one of those classic, like, you know, make-believe families so that they blend into, um, you know, American society and that sort of thing. And then they, something happens where they, they complete the mission and, and you are able to meet, like, who their boss is. And he's young, too. And so then when it goes back to kind of like the the present, which is not really the present anymore, but like in terms of where the movie's present takes place, which is right around the time of, of Civil War or just afterwards. It's interesting to see how everybody has aged. I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I have always loved that. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I do. You know, one of the, one of the things I was going to mention, though, and this is something I may have missed, is that, you know, once we catch up with the puppet dad and if you were because he wasn't a dad he wasn't anybody's dad i guess he kind of was in the end they all thought he was the dad but he wasn't the biological father he was just like the the, the sit-in dad Who, which one are you talking about the uh, red guardian guy red guardian okay yeah so um we catch up with with him and he's in jail and I'm like, why is he in jail? Yeah. They never really told us why he was in jail. I mean, maybe his, like, the, the boss or the whatever who, the guy's name is, the ultimate baddie. Well, they, they did talk about that. He did mention how, like, like when they rescued him and they were in the, in the helicopter, he was talking about how the guy basically, like, double-crossed him. How, like, he he used him for what he needed him for and then just kind of threw him into the prison uh, system. Aside. Yeah. Like, like just and, until, unless he needed him for something else in the future or whatever else. But like, essentially the red guardian thought that he was on this, this fast track to glory and, and basically be like the Soviet union's version of uh, captain America. But instead it's like he, he gets totally betrayed and thrown in, in, into this, this prison. And, and so he's, he's a, he's a little salty. Yeah. I, I th man, they really, that was quick because my wife and I didn't know why he was in prison. And it was I think very it, short. Very short, yeah. So if you missed it, you, you didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of the villain? I mean, you had Taskmaster and then you had, what's this, the guy, the guy's name started with a D. I forgot what it was. The Big D. The Big D who? <laughs> who are you talking about? The, the, the dude who had his fingers and everything. The guy oh, with the glasses. Drakoff. Drake, Drakoff. Drakoff. Yes. 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 So what would you think of the villains? Taskmaster, I thought, looked cool, but then, I don't know, I guess maybe we might, we might see her later on. But um, So Taskmaster is a well-known right. villain in the Marvel Universe. Um, I Honestly, I liked him a lot. I, I thought Taskmaster is... And again, uh, I'm not um, an, an expert when it comes to sure. the origin story of Taskmaster, of the character itself. So I don't know if like they're being true to the comic books in terms of like this is in fact Drakoff's daughter, that who is Taskmaster. I always thought that Taskmaster was a male character. And I, even having said that, like I don't know if there are multiple taskmasters that like, like are part of like a legion or I, again, I have no idea. I just don't follow the character all that closely. But um, when it comes to that, 
I really liked what they did in this movie with having the big reveal, which again, spoiler alert, um, it, it, it turns out to be Drakov's daughter who was actually a, um, a target of black widows back when she was a little, well, not when black widows, but when, when, um, Drakov's daughter was a little girl, black widow basically murdered her, took her out, but she actually survived. And so what I think is fascinating about that is that again, that sets up some delicious conflict and, you know, struggles with regards to different types of relationships, both good and bad. Right. Like, like, I, you know, of course, when you see Taskmaster throughout the film, I'm wondering, oh, who's, who's underneath the helmet? Who, who could this be? You know, and and, um, so they had like that fun reveal of finding out that, oh, this is in fact Drakoff's daughter. And I really, I got to say, I loved the casting choice of whoever was the adult version of the daughter. Like she had a really neat look. Like, first of all, like, like the makeup prosthetics I thought were, were super cool. And also too, just her overall look. Hmm. Um, there is something that I found. It's, it's hard to find the right words for, but it's one of those things where there are certain actors that have the, the right type of look for the character they are portraying. If that makes any kind of sense. And it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, there's so-and-so and whatever, you know, like, like, um, I really, I found myself wanting to find out more about uh, like who she is, what, what are, um, what are her thoughts and feelings, that sort of thing. And I think there's probably a bit of mystique in the sense that like her character for most of the film didn't really speak, you know, like, like it's that Darth Maul kind of thing, right? Where like, you see this, this captivating character who is a villain, you're not sure, like, like kind of what they're all about. And that, and that's a good thing, right? Like that, that's part of good storytelling. So I thought she was cool. I thought Drakoff was really cool as well. I'm a big fan of the actor who, who uh, portrays Drakoff. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, new prop. <laughs> we just had this paid off. Um, anyway, Ray Winstone um, is always, you know, like, like he, I, I want to say, that he was also in The Departed. Did you ever see that movie? No. Oh man, it's another good movie. <gasps> I want to say like like he was like Jack Nicholson's character, uh, uh, right hand man. Mm. Oh, I've movie. seen a movie with him, but it was a long time ago. It was like a British movie, and he was he was like the the tough cop. Okay, um, but I, this was like this probably like eight to ten years ago. So it was kind of a kind of a while ago. I don't forgot the name of the movie. I should have looked it up last night didn't oh well um <laughs> it's okay steve not so, a problem you know but i thought i, I kind of thought they missed it a little bit with the villains i kind of thought Drakoff was just like kind of generic uh he was a bit flat like he's the bad guy um i kind of thought the pheromone thing was so so yeah we haven't talked about the pheromone thing yet so go ahead no oh. well, thanks Ross. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. I mean, it was kind of like this built-in, okay, uh, fail-safe, I guess, where his his chicks, uh, his, chicks. His, his widows, like, couldn't kill him if they wanted to. So, and I get it, but I kind of thought the fair one thing was a bit off. I totally agree. I think that the visual of it is what I couldn't get behind. Like, I, I can totally get there in terms of, 
if you have some sort of chemical compound that can um, cause like like brain activity to be altered or whatever, I mean, <laughs> that's essentially what drugs do. Like, not that I've taken LSD or crack cocaine <laughs> or any of the other types of uh, narcotics, but I mean, essentially, like like there are different types of effects it can have on the brain. <laughs> I've taken Robitussin. <laughs> Not sponsored by Robitussin. I've taken the really hard stuff like <laughs> Tylenol. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, man. I th- <laughs> or the grocery equivalent. <laughs> if I want the, I'll, oh, I have my drug dealer. Absolutely. Yeah, he's in a white coat over at CVS. <laughs> Not sponsored by CVS. <laughs> or Walgreens. Yeah. But anyway, I do think that, that that was the main issue was like they turned it into like this weird red mistle, mist or better way of saying it, a red magical mist. How about that? Like, red like fairy powder. Like you see it and it goes poof and like you see it all sparkling glittery and stuff. And I'm like, I can see clearly now the red mist is gone. <laughs> but I think that when it came to, I don't know. I feel as, as if the movie didn't need to have like a spoon fed visual, like look, the red mist is going everywhere right. and they are inhaling it. You know, like I think that was a little heavy handed I, and, uh, and overtold. Here's a good example. For instance, when it comes to the princess bride. Okay. I okay. I bet my life on it. I okay is odorless and you didn't see anything. In fact, you didn't even see um, and then poured in the cup. Thank you very much. You, you didn't even see it. He turned his back on the camera and, um, and, but you knew, I mean, it was basically like, you know, you, you, you it was death. It was deadly poisonous. Yeah. It was yeah. deadly poisonous and, and, and the actors sold it. Right? right. So like when, uh, Mr. Inconceivable dies, it's like, Ooh, gosh, that was, that was bad. Right. So they, they <laughs> Inconceivable. Did, yeah. They, they didn't need like some sort of over the top visual. And I felt like that kind of cheapened it almost right. kind of made it like a, a Disney cartoon in a way. So that, that was kind of a bummer um, just because I, it did take me out of it as well. Let me ask you something else. Please do. And I'm going to backtrack here. I love it when you ask me questions, Steve, but we're going to reverse a little bit. Let's go back to plot. I like plot. I do. I, I, and, I, I, and, I, and, you know, technically speaking, we are still talking about plot. So sweet. we're in neutral. Okay. I was a bit disappointed because what I wanted to see unfold mm. was something with origami style. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I was hoping we would have more of like the Budapest Budapest. By the way, I wonder how you actually spell it. I mean, I wonder if the, um, the correct enunciation is or pronunciation is Budapest. Because they made it a point to sure like go was. back and forth with that. Anyway, I digress. Continue, Steve. What's uh, Bow and Arrow guy's name? Uh, oh Jeremy my Renner, gosh, I've uh, been through this so Night many Hawk, times. Uh, friggin' Eagle Eye. Uh, gosh. Robin Hood. <laughs> Tomb Raider. This is totally going to be like an ongoing thing. Every time you forget. Aloy. <laughs> Lego Loss. There's so many of them. So many I can't keep. It's Dude. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I was close. I had I had like eye and hawk. <laughs> anyway. Eye hawk. <laughs> 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 oh, I was choking my own spit. 
Oh, that was a good one. I needed that. Whoa. I needed that this morning. Woo. So, yes, they're always talking about, like, oh, that time in Budapest. And so I thought that's what the story was going to be. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, when they were hiding in the, in the what was it, the, the, like the airloft or the AC unit? And, yes. And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, we hid here yeah. once. So it's, uh, again, like on a previous mission, yeah. alluding to these missions that, that they were both on. And they even had, like, little tic-tac-toe marks there. I love there. that, yeah. Yeah, which was cool. But, like, that's what I wanted to see. And but that but again that that wasn't uh-huh. the two sisters that was Black Widow and Hawkeye. I understand. So that. they they would that would have taken away from. I understand that. So but that's the story I wanted to see. I I didn't want to <laughs> see necessarily like okay here is Black Widow and her family and her sister. Yeah, that still is a great movie. Maybe we could have had like another Black Widow. Well, we might. That's the thing is like I think if this film does well, actually. So Kevin Feige has been interviewed recently where he's talking about how he's open to the idea of having other standalone types of films like this that take place in different timelines throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It just depends on like how these like like the Black Widow films do commercially, but he's open to it. So, I mean, you may actually see something. In fact, I'm with you. Like I, I'm, I would very much like to see some sort of like Hawkeye Black Widow film that takes place maybe in their younger years. That's it's but see here's here's my deal is the last scene that we see with the two of them before Black Widow dies before she falls to her death and they're both right. you they have a bunch of history together and that's the that's the last epic moment with the both of them. Yeah. And so here we have this Black Widow movie and I think it's almost wrong that we didn't that they that that was not the first Black Widow independent movie that we got mm-hmm. because there's been a buildup of all their history. There, there are two characters that we like a lot, and then now we don't get it, and instead we get this with her sister, which is fine. I would I think I would have preferred um, the alternative plot first, and <laughs> then having this. That's I'm I'm serious. Well. Steve, maybe, maybe someday you'll get that. But um, do you agree? Or do you? Or do, I've already said I, I would love to see a film with a uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow together, but not. I mean, but have it be first, and then this movie. No, I, I do not agree. Oh, okay, with that. fine, I, I, fine, I think, Russ. I think it was really cool how they were able to kind of give a nudge, give, give a pay homage to a, a glimpse into more of Black Widow's backstory and stuff. It's 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 like in Star Wars, Steve. Like when Obi Wan Kenobi's talking with Luke Skywalker, uh-huh. he mentions you know the Clone Wars. Uh huh. We don't have to all of a sudden stop the film and go to Episode Two for the Clone Wars, but what it does is it creates more backstory and more intrigue. Yeah, I see that, but I mean they didn't. That the Clone Wars was like a few seconds worth of dialogue in the movie. Oh, the Clone well, so Wars. Moving on. Well, they, they have spoken multiple times throughout like the Avengers movies yeah. coming out. They've, they've alluded to it multiple times. It wasn't once. Yeah. Um, and so, but she hasn't alluded to her family that much or her sister or the red guardian. And at, well, that, at that's, all. that's why we're having this film. I know that. 
I'm, I'm, I'm unclear as to you keep saying how like you want to like, you would rather have the Hawkeye black widow film before this film. And I'm saying that I don't agree with that, that actually I'm ambivalent really. I mean, if they came out with one that was like two of them together, then it's like, okay, cool. But since they went with the standalone of black widow, it's cool too. In the sense that like, again, that particular scene, like I think you're reading too much into it where it's like, that scene was designed to get you excited about the possibility of them doing a Hawkeye Black Widow movie. It wasn't designed to like make you go, how come they didn't do that one first? You know, like, like if that's your personal preference, then fair enough. But yeah. like, I mean, to me, it's, it's neither here nor there. I would have thought a, that would have been better. And before this movie, and if it came out way long ago, yeah, that's all I'm saying. One of the things that actually I wanted to talk about regarding the plot of the film um, that I felt was a little glossed over was um, I really wanted to get more into at least having like the first, like perhaps like the first one third of the film focus on her training, growing up yeah. in the red room, growing, I agree with like, that. like having um, certain types of events transpire, basically molding her into who she is as an adult. I feel like that was a bit of a missed opportunity in this film, um, which yeah. is a bummer because Black Widow is one of those characters that, I mean, I've personally always been very curious about, like, like you know, we know that she is this, like, amazing assassin character, right? Well, she's, but, like, she's the character with no, like, like, her special ability is all her smarts, all her intelligence. Well, I mean, she has like fighting abilities and she's right, a very she, capable assassin. Stuff like tax, like tactics that she's developed over the years. Yeah. But like, you know, she's not Tony Stark. She doesn't have a suit of armor. She's right. not Hulk. She's not some big brawny person who can run through a wall. She's not Thor with lightning powers. She knows how to fight and she knows how to like deal with multiple situations with people who are a lot stronger than she is. Yeah. And that's awesome because she's a normal person. I mean, in any other world, she could be like Batman or Batgirl. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's just human. I think that that one of the things that that goes into what I'm talking about is how we have heard her talk repeatedly throughout the different types of um, MCU films that, that she has been in that there's a lot of red in her ledger, right? In fact, they even say that in right. in this film. They 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 revert well not revert, but they they recall that that same phrase over and over again. For me, I want to see the red that was a cause of be, for being added to that ledger, and we see it like like in little sprinkles in the film. Like for instance, when she takes out the collateral damage of Drakov's daughter, like okay, that is something. Right. But even that, see, I. I'm getting I'm getting closer to to I think kind of the, the kernel of of the situation. The thing is is that up until this point we have seen more of the good side of the Black Widow character, right? We've seen like the her, hero, yeah. Yeah, the hero, she's always remorseful of what she has done in the past. And we have not seen the other side of Black Widow, like the, the the Black Widow before she came to that that epiphany or that 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 life changing moment where she realized that this is wrong and she doesn't want to do this anymore. And so I I think I would have loved to have seen more of the calloused, uh -huh. cold hearted, calculating. 
I, like I, I want to see like almost like a montage of different kinds of assassinations that uh-huh. she has done over the years of being part of, of the Red Room. With Hawkeye. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Although that, so, okay, I'm going to- Hold on, hold on, I want to say something. Well, keep your yapper <sighs> shut. I'm almost done. So part of that also has to do, like, like, and this has um, a kind of a mention of, of, of what you just said, which is she has a lot of weapons and tools in her arsenal, in right? Her belt. Well, so- part of that also has to do with her sensuality, her sexuality, right? And that's one of the things that, you know, in the comic books, as well as even like what the, the character is based off of. You have these femme fatales that are raised from when they're very little kids into these like, you know, 20 somethings or 30 somethings adults. And part of that in terms of being a spy in terms of being espionage, we see this even today all the time in politics and that sort of thing is you have these attractive females. They're not attractive by happenstance. That's one of their weapons. That's one of the tools. God gave them. It's one of the tools that, that the, the Kremlin really pushes is like, yeah, like, like basically every aspect of who you are can be used as a weapon. And I think when it came to Black Widow being a hero, it's like, you know, like we see how she's kind of catty in some places or she's kind of slinky and that sort of thing. And like, like there's almost like these little um, uh, nuanced type of moments that play into that part of the character. And this is not, I mean, to be clear, this is not me being like one of those like dudes like, oh, I want to see a bunch of like you know, hot, heavy no, sex I, scenes. I, like I, it has nothing to do yeah, with that no, at we, all. We understand, yeah. But I'm saying that just because there, there may be like folks who are like, well, what, what, do you, what do you want, Russ? Yeah, really. What exactly are you looking for? And it's like, no, 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 I'm not looking for that. I'm just talking about how there have been other femme fatales in many different types of shows and movies that actually can do a really good job of how she uses that to get what she needs whether that's planting like some sort of homing beacon or a spy cam or, or bugging or a room or she's assassinating somebody. I yeah. mean, who knows, right? Like, like it, it, there's just a lot there. That's what I had to say is that at the, at the end of the day, I wanted to have um, at least like a, a large portion of the film be dedicated to showing her upbringing so that we got to actually firsthand see the red in her ledger. Yes, I agree. So my wife and I spoke about that last night. So she's like, okay, what do you think about the film? And I was like, well, I think we were missing a huge chunk because we got what happened way long ago. We got, we get what's happening right now, but what's happening in the middle. Sure. What, I mean, she got trained up. She's had, she has a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. I want to know all those stories. Like yeah. what in the world happened? And I, I don't know. We didn't get any of that basically. I mean, we got, I mean, a glimpse of a glimpse. Yeah. Basically. And I, that's, Disappointing. I mean, now we, I would have liked, I like this story, but I think this movie should have come later. I think we should have had other Black Widows before this because that, that's what I really want to see. Sure. Let's talk about the dynamics of the the family, essentially. So we've already talked about how it's, it was really neat to see this like made up family in order for them to blend into the American society. But I, I really loved how the the evolution 
of those relationships worked out in the sense where like you, like, I don't know about you, but I certainly got like, like the, the sensation and really sympathetic reactions to like the, the youngest daughter who was only six years old at the time. And she really did believe that those were her parents. Cause she was at such a young age and some of the, um, just long-term psychological heartache that, that I think all of them on, on different levels had. And I think it was easier for the adults just because, you know, obviously they're more emotionally mature. They, they've been able to, to uh, kind of understand what the overall plan is. And, um, but having said all that, I just, I loved as the movie progressed and they, they kind of got back together again that there were these, these times of dialogue where like they started to revisit that and, and share in at least, you know, more from on the, on the children's side, the impact that they had and like how, like, it's just that their, their childhood was stolen from them basically. Right. Yeah. I liked, um, there, there are scenes where the parents are coming to the realization of the impact of their choices too. Yeah. And so, and then they have the both daughters just sitting right in front of them like, yeah, your choices affect us. And this is how we are today. And at first they're kind of a little bit proud. Like, yeah, you guys have accomplished quite a bit. You're very tough individuals and yeah. you're deadly. Um, but at the same time, I mean, like they, they can't, you know, they can't have babies or for example, or yeah, that you know, was they, awful. they have to deal with the con the inner conflict of killing a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of stuff that's on their conscience and their lives. I mean, not ruined in a sense, but they're not normal people anymore. And I think it's it, the parents when they're, when they have had their life choices and they just do something and then walk away and then not have to think about it ever again. And then now their daughters who have the, the, who are the, the subjects of their choices are sitting right in front of them, talking to them saying, Hey, your choices affected me. And here I am. And I'm telling it to you. Yeah. There's a bunch of guilt that's there. And I think also too, uh, you know, they didn't have families of their own. Right. And so even though this family dynamic was, or complex was created and it, and it was fake mm -hmm. since they didn't have anybody else of their own, they're almost forced into playing those roles all over as if it was naturally uh, supposed to happen in the beginning. Well, and I think too, that I think that there was a desire from each of them, especially the daughters, but there was like this desire to like, want that to be their reality. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the successes of the film that they actually took the time to, to examine that and have each of these characters say, you know, I liked having you as my mom. I liked having you as my dad. Like I liked Ohio. Right. I liked being able to like, just, you know, have Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these, like I, I liked family dinners. You know, yeah. Despite the fact that our family was completely made up and fake and just a front in order for us to do our spying. Like there was this sense of remorse that was happening right. where it's like, my goodness, like the American life is a nice life. Like it's, it's one of those things where like we spend so much energy and time pretending to like participate in all these customs and traditions and um, lifestyles that are very much American. And I think it was, you know, it, it added more depth 
to the characters. Like it could have been very one dimensional in terms of like, oh, well, we, we are a Russian spies. We are here and this is our front and we are going to, um, <laughs> you know, accomplish the mission and then go back to Mother Russia. Well, that's not exciting. That's right. not interesting. You know, like, like that is merely a component of what makes it interesting. But then to have all of this remorse and conflict and stuff years later as to like how they really enjoyed being a family. Like, like there, there was a lot there. And I think it's, it lends itself to being realistic because I would be curious if I had the opportunity to be able to just speak with spies who would do that <laughs> and ask them, like, I'm sure that some what of them- What are your secrets? Yeah, well, not secrets, but like some of them, <laughs> I'm sure like it was all about the mission and yada, yada, yada. But I'm curious to know if there are certain spies who like, you're with these people for years sometimes. You're going to have relationships to a certain extent. Like, I'm sorry, but like the human condition is that the, that if you spend a, a significant amount of time with anybody, you're going to have, I mean, they're not going to be strangers to you anymore. I mean, like, like it's people are social creatures. They're, they're going to have some semblance of a friendship or relationship, whatever that may be. Or maybe you just can't stand each other. I'm sure that you have some of those situations too, but Anyway, um, let's dial it more into the sisters' relationships. Speaking of relationships, I loved the the sister dynamic. I loved how they teased each other. They gave each other crap. How like, I mean, like the younger sister even like made fun of how Black Widow does like her her yeah. like little like uh, drop down know. pose thing. I thought. I mean, I I a lot of people do find that funny. I I knew that joke was going to be placed in there somewhere, but it's almost like how did you you didn't know I they were going to make fun of her pose? Were, I knew they were going to do that. It's the superhero pose and the superhero like fall has been a joke in many movies. We're like, oh, you got to fall. It's a superhero fall, and then someone falls like on their knee and then flexes, and then you know when they're making a fist out on the floor. That's that's been happening for a while, and so you, the, the two you didn't know I, they were gonna make fun I, of her like little landing. Pose. Let me put it this way. I am not surprised that they threw it in. There. Okay. I am. I, yeah, I didn't know that they were going to use the line, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, they're talking about it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I figured that would, that would come into play. Sure. Um, so a lot of people I think did find that funny. I mean, it was, it was humorous, but a little bit cliche, maybe. I don't know. I, I kind of figured they were going to talk about it. So to me, that subtracted some of the humor. Okay. Not only being limited to that, though, but in terms of, of the the other types of engagements that the sisters had, did you find yourself buying into and believing their, even though they weren't, I mean, technically they weren't sisters. I mean, like, like right. you know, but it, see that that's one of the strong points of the film is like for me, like sometimes I forgot that they were not biological sisters. Yes. <laughs> well, I was I was looking to see if you would agree with that. <laughs> well, I mean, they're too young to really know. Our, our, I mean, they grew up together. So in a way, I think they saw each other as sisters. Like and stepsisters st almost. Yeah, yeah, stepsisters or just sisters, but more than just friends. I mean, there was some family dynamic there. Um, but again, there was so much of that relationship that we didn't see that was missing from the film. Yeah, yep. Here's when you're a kid. Now you're an adult. Now we're going to show you this. So yeah, there's no, uh, you know, they had, they had chemistry, but, it, but again, 
there would have been, it would have been nice to see more of that chemistry grow and blossom. And I would have liked to have seen that too, instead of, Hey, yeah, you guys were semi close in the beginning. And, um, now you're kind of rivals all of a sudden. Yeah. And I just, that's how it is. So that's what we're going to go with. Well, and and that's a good point too, is like, that goes back into like how I think we both wish that they had spent like maybe the first third of the film focusing more in on that. I really enjoyed their casting choice for, um, Black Widow's sister. Florence, I thought, did an outstanding job. What'd you think? I did, yeah. I, I mean, I think that that role was going to be tough. Like, who else would you choose to put yeah. in there? You know, I'm not really sure. And, and like I said in the beginning of the of the show, I I really do think they the casting was on point. Yeah. For sure. Do you she, think... Yes, ma'am? Oh, no, go ahead. Go do ahead. you think they're going to use her? Marvel's going to use her for, like, the new Black Widow or, like, the sit-in Black Widow or, like, another character... I think there's always a chance it it could happen. You know, I think um, Scarlett Johansson, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say she's probably about 36 years old now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, yeah, I don't know what Kevin Feige has planned, but at the same time, for me, like Florence, really, I mean, her performance brought a certain level of authenticity to kind of that, that Russian culture that that russian type of persona that's there and i don't even i i'm unfamiliar i I don't know if if like she is like (laughs) if she grew up in russia i i I, this is actually the first time i've ever seen her well she was putting that back that vodka like it was nothing so uh, (laughs) oh yeah yeah But I think, though, um, in terms of the performance that she gave, though, uh, I, I totally bought in. I was like, this is someone who I could totally see being a part of, like, the whole, like, Red Room assassin program, being a, a widow. Um, and she, de- again, she was one of those types of, of actors also that, like, what I talked about with Taskmaster, there was a lot, I think what, what I'm getting at is like, there was a lot of, of acting, a lot of emotionality in the face that, that wasn't just like, oh, look, now I'm crying. Oh, look, now I'm happy. It's like, there was a lot of subtlety in there um, that I found myself appreciating because if you think about it, the film itself did not have as much action as I think you and I were expecting. There was actually a lot of more like kind of, exposition and drama. Yeah, there was, you know, a lot of talking, but I'm okay with that. I am too. And, and I think that part of that success has to do with the, the casting choices they made in the sense of like people like Florence, um, because she was able to really have a commanding presence in the, those different types of scenarios. Um, so I mean, I was, I was very much on board if they decide that they're going to be moving forward and having, Florence perhaps be like the new black widow. I would, I would be okay with that. Honestly, I think that it, it definitely like, I think these, these are incredibly huge shoes to fill. And we've talked about this to a certain extent on the show in the past, but like you have people like Robert Downey Jr. Right. Who's been Iron Man now for the last, like what, 10, 12 years. I don't even remember how, how many years it's been, but I mean, it's been a long time and he's been in a lot of films. He is Iron Man. Right. And so if they ever decide that they're going to replace Robert Downey Jr. with someone else to play Tony Stark, those are incredibly huge shoes. I, w- I would even argue those are 
shoes that are basically impossible to fill. And so it, I think it's the same when it comes to someone like Scarlett Johansson is that she has played Black Widow for years. Yeah. They would, they would have, what they would have to do is not say like, oh, this is the new Black Widow. They're going to have to give her a name. Like, even if it was Iron Man, they wouldn't necessarily call him Tony Stark. Like, they, no. would, they would have to like tell us, okay, this is the person who was taking the mantle of the other person. They could do not, that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they did it with Rhodey when they, from Iron Man 1 to like Iron Man 2, we all of a sudden had a different Rhodey. And we're like, no, this is, you know... They went from uh, what's his face to the Don Cheadle, yeah, yeah, which was uh, you know kind of whatever, but it was a little anyway. jarring. And see, I, again, I don't know what Kevin Feige's plan yeah. is, and especially like like I mean, they could so easily in the future do a reboot, you know. I mean, <laughs> and, and arguably so, they have the, like th- this is the one type of cinematic universe that has I think it's like the longest running, basically. Like you've had twelve years or more worth of the, this, this overarching thread, the story thread that's been spun. So if anybody has the right to be able to, to actually say, you know, we're, I think we're going to do a reboot. It's them. No, but, but having said that one of the main ingredients to Marvel's secret sauce of success is that they have not Ooh. rebooted. And I think that it would be very wise of Kevin Feige and the Marvel Cinematic Universe to not do a reboot. Never, ever do a reboot. Just continue, like you said, moving forward and perhaps having different characters take on the mantle of someone because I think it pays, it maintains that level of homage and respect to the people who came before them. And I think also it maintains the lineage. Have they rebooted Spider-Man though? I thought Spider-Man was reboot. So this is a bit different in the sense that so Spider-Man is still owned by Sony. Right. And the character Spider-Man recently has been placed on loan from Sony to the MCU in order for them to be able to like actually create. And and subsequently, um, their rendition of Spider-Man has been one of the most beloved. However, before that happened, they were basically under the, the... you know, the direction of, of Sony. So right. Sony would be like, Oh, you know, we've done, you know, we did, we did three Spider-Mans in the original trilogy. Okay, let's do a reboot. And they, they did a one or two. And then they realized, ah, yeah, I don't think it's really working. So they did another reboot. So it's, it's under the, the direction of whoever the, the studio that owns the rights can do that with. And I think I, if I had to, again, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> complete outsider when it comes to this. But, you know, I think Sony has now realized that due to how good of a job that Marvel has done with this current rendition of Spider-Man, that they want to keep going with Spider-Man for as long as possible before having to do yet a reboot. But weren't they talking about, okay, Spider-Man, got it. But weren't they going to reboot the Hulk? Because I don't think they... I don't, because the Edward Norton, I don't think they like him. They didn't like him as being Bruce Banner. I don't know if they, if they necessarily didn't like him as Bruce Banner. I just don't think that, again, I, I what do I know? Yeah, I, I we're digressing. Let's get back to the point. Let's get back to Black <laughs> Widow. Okay. One of my favorite scenes from Black Widow uh-huh. was when the Red Guardian was in prison arm wrestling. Yeah, that was true. <laughs> I absolutely loved that whole sequence. Like David Harbour brought it. What'd you think? No, I, I definitely agree. I, I mean, he, anytime he was on camera was great. 
And he was know, he, totally in character, wasn't he? He was totally in character. And it was almost, you know, I'm just going to go a little bit further where, I mean, this was a Scarlett Johansson movie. She was, well, but she was a producer of the movie too. But did you see that? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, but it almost seemed like the, uh, like uh, her sister, like Florence and David Arbor, when they were on camera, it was almost like they had more presence than Scarlett Johansson did, which is not a rip to Scarlett Johansson. But I mean, I think it's more credit to the other actors, honestly. But anyhow, so, but since he was the comic relief, I mm-hmm. think in the yeah. movie, like anytime he was on screen, especially when he was arm wrestling these big boys, oh, you know, huge, uh, like, <laughs> like that last dude, he's like, like, oh, was- you're a big guy, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you're talking to this guy. <laughs> oh, he's going to go cry now. Yeah, I, I loved also the progression that was going on with that. Where like, as each person wanted to sit down and arm wrestle, like he had kind of a different relationship with. So like some of them, like like he would just instantly just bam, like like have him go down. There would be one person where he'd mess with, and like he's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, 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 he's going to get this oh, this time. Oh, oh, oh. oh, he thought I was going to lose. <laughs> I was just playing with him. Yeah, he thought he was going to. Lose. <laughs> uh, nothing, this is not happening. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I like, and then and then like you said, like there's that huge. Huge yeah. guy that rushing that sits down. I mean, Corn that, that, fed dude. That man. guy, he looked like he was like eight feet tall. Yeah, and burly. My goodness, he was huge. But then like <laughs> he sits down and then like, he, he kind of miffs the Red Guardian a bit. And he's like, well, you you calling me a liar? And then all of a sudden he just goes, does And like, I mean, you see, did you see his wrist? Yeah, I mean, it was broke. Oh, it was, I think, I don't think there were any semblance of bone left in his wrist or even like his hand. I mean, it was like, it was looking like dough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I said he was, uh, you know, David Harbour's character was... Um, David Harbour, Steve. David Harbour. <sighs> I hate you silent. Uh, <laughs> I bet that was hot. <laughs> I think they used him a little bit too much for comic relief. Because I think... Really? You think so? Well, I mean, I'm glad he was there, but he didn't really do anything significant or special other than trying to make amends with his daughters, which was fine. And then he would have funny stuff to say, which was cool. And he knew that he was strong. Like the biggest thing that he did was like lift a trailer up in the beginning of the, the show. So you knew he was, that, he was buff. That was his ability. Well, it, was, it was more than buff. I mean, like at that point we're like, I mean, when he did that, I was like, okay, he's got something right. Superhero y going on that we haven't been told about yet. Yeah. So, but I, I wanted to see him do something cool, like cooler than that. I mean, that was just something like little, flick of a special effect and that was it. And that was, wait, we're going to get anything else. But again, I think, and, and he was always like reminiscing about the time with Captain America that may or may not have happened. You know, who knows, but he's like, he oh, wanted to have happened. They talked about me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe if it did or it didn't, whatever he's remembering to, I would have liked to see that in the past also. I think again, when it comes to that, I think that they are, they're, they're looking to see what, the audience responds with like, and I think that David Harbor did a fantastic job when it, when it came to, to being the red guardian. Again, I think that it was necessary to have a character like that, that, that had elements of comic relief, but he wasn't only like comic relief. Like it wasn't like, Oh, and now it's time for a chuckle. Like (laughs) there were multiple layers that, that he would kind of put on display. Like he would have the comic relief and then he pulled that away. And then he put more of like a, um, inflection type of uh, sure. f- mood or a sympathetic one or one of anger. But I agree with you. I think that it was a bit of a bummer that we didn't get to see him really 
show off. Like, like, like we had moments of coolness, like the arm wrestling scene or like when he flipped over that vehicle or whatever toward the beginning, even when he was doing the prison breakout, you know, you think of the prison breakout, he's like making these jumps that are completely impossible for a normal human being to do. So we had hints of it, but we didn't see anything that could really show off what he was capable of. Having said that though, when you think of Captain America, like Captain America doesn't have huge feats either. He has a lot of what we saw the Red Guardian do in terms of like having like crazy athletics, his right. jumping abilities. He has increased strength, that sort of thing. Sure. In fact, as an aside, I actually really appreciated how he made those those mentions of Captain America and how they were gonna they were destined to be like rivals and stuff because it played into the Cold War once again. At that time, America and Russia were were constantly trying to one up each other and sure. were copying each other in terms of technology and that sort of thing. Um, and so I felt like that was kind of a fictional version of that. Let me ask you a, a sub question to this. Uh, do you think so? A lot of this movie was about was very heavily female, right? Sure. But do you think there should have been, or do you think it could have benefited from like a more positive male in there? Because mm-hmm. you, you think of some of the other Marvel movies or origin stories, and if it's a male or a female, like there's always like a strong character for both. But I, I was, it kind of dawned on me after I watched it where like the the only like males that we see are like the broker guy who's just kind of there. He's like, okay, what do you need from me? And he's kind of wanting to maybe a little bit more with Black Widow. And then we see- flirtation. Yeah. yeah. Or we see her dad, which is just, he's kind of bumbling about, you know, he's, again, he's funny or he doesn't know how to, what to say in a certain situation, but he doesn't really do anything amazing. And then we have the villain who's kind of weak, but power hungry. Did that, did that dawn on you afterward? I didn't think about it much until like after the movie. And I thought- we have like they they we have all these references, but nobody like on screen of somebody significant or a strong like male presence. I didn't feel that at all. I think that this is this is a standalone Black Widow movie. It's it's to examine the kind of the origins and stories of the character as well as the the people who she interacted with. I think in terms of the Black Widow program, its its purpose is to. Um, I was gonna say recruit more like kidnap. Um, but like basically like showcase how you have these girls be placed into this program. That's absolutely brutal. And they become these, these weapons essentially for the Kremlin to use. And I, you know, I think when it came to having like, like say male characters that were kind of a, a positive influence, or whatever, I really do think that, that that was part of the character arc of the red guardian was he, we first meet him and, and he's arrogant and he's self-absorbed into his glory days and, you know, what, where does he fit in, in in today's world kind of thing? You know, he puts on a suit, you know, as far as he's concerned, he's very much kind of living for that moment of glory that he used to have. But then I think over time, he realizes the devastation that the program has caused with these girls who were like his daughters. Um, and as a result, he's able to grow and, and um, realize like, like the, the whole red room thing and, and the program itself is bad. It's wrong. And so you, you have that. And so I, I think that, that there was enough of that going on, but I think too, this 
world that is Black Widow is a brutal world. It's it's not filled with lots of positive male role models and that sort of thing. And I think when it comes to the the world itself, it's a great opportunity to be able to have um, positive female role models. Like, like for instance, we haven't even talked about Rachel Wise's character who played like the, the mom, the, the, the Russian mom, and was also a scientist and engineer and that sort of thing. I thought she did a fantastic job in her role. And I think one of the, the reoccurring qualities of each one of these characters in the movie is a sense of depth. Like, like they were really successful in creating this complex background for each character where like you could tell like there's conflict. They each have a conscience, you know, they're, they're going back and forth between like patriotic duty versus like what is right and wrong. And also just being independent, being in charge of your own life as opposed to constantly being lorded over. And I think that when it comes to um, each one of those characters, they had their own journey that they had to make. And I think that that is, that's one of the big components that really kept me engaged as a viewer watching because I found myself being curious. Like, like I wanted to know more about like the Red Guardian or even Black Widow, who we've seen for years, as well as her sister, even like Rachel Weiss's character, um, who was Melina. So all of that, lends itself to, I think, um, something that is almost refreshing. I, I, I would say, it, it, in fact, it is refreshing to have more of a, a female-dominated cast. Okay. Going into more of, like, kind of the um, the ending, kind of the, the climax of the film, what did you think of that? Um... Yeah, I, like you know, she had to break her nose to like not inhale the dude's cool. pheromones. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was neat. I thought there was going to be something I think cooler with uh, Taskmaster, um, which, yeah, I mean, you know, she kind of comes to her to her sorts with the the poof of the red pixie dust, which was fine. Um, I kind of missed seeing the ending of the movie on the big screen. I think that would have been nice. I mean, that was pretty epic wide shots, you know, explosions, people falling in the air, that sort of thing. Planes taking off cats and dogs falling from the sky, meatballs, whatever. I don't know what. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was neat. I, I didn't know you see a bunch of people running everywhere from this <laughs> levitating space station. And then like the whole thing blows up and I kind of thought we would see more people like escaping and coming to, to, to sorts and whatnot. And that didn't really happen. Um, it kind of just kind of fell all into place. It wasn't terrible. I'm not saying it was bad. It just, I think there was something else missing um, that I would have liked to see. I don't know. I, I agree. I, th I think that what was there was fine, but I would have liked to have seen something a bit more just in terms of the, the epic scale. Right. right. Like I wanted to be able to see, um, like I was, I was really looking forward to that moment when they were falling, they, they're basically skydiving, right? Like, like all this debris and stuff going on. Like I, I wanted that to last longer. I wanted there to be more of a struggle actually. And what reminds me of this is I wanted, I wanted to see black widow like really beat up. Sure. Like she's in the red room. Like, it, it, we are we are told this is a very shadowy place. It's very exclusive. They have some 
incredibly trained people there and that sort of thing. And we, we started to see that we're like the, all those other black widows came in and started pummeling her. Right. There was nothing on like, like literally the only blood that you see on her face is when she like smacked and like, kind of like broke her own nose on the desk. But I mean, okay, I want to see swollen eyes. I want to see all kinds of gashes and cuts and bruises. Like, right. That's one of the things that I think in terms of these comic book movies, they need to push it a bit farther in that direction where, yeah, like if you're going to go to fisticuffs, you're going to get really jacked up. You're going to get bruised and cut. And furthermore, I think when it comes to someone like Black Widow, due to the brutality of the types of martial arts that they are able to, to wield and the weapons that they're wielding and stuff. I mean, like there was that one moment where her sister did see black widows, um, bruised body, which was good. I really like that because then all of a sudden she realized, Oh wow. Like she has just been in a fight recently. She's man. That looks like that hurts. Keep going with that. Don't stop there. You want to keep going with that, and especially with during the climax of her getting beaten to a pulp by like twenty other Black Widows, as well as even with with um, the uh, the skydiving part, they're falling through the sky. Like, and there's like this huge battle with like Taskmaster, that sort of thing. By the time they are done with that whole situation, like she should not look pretty at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing is like, you know, by the time, yeah. like, like she, she wins the day, so to speak. I mean, I want to see, I like, see your eyeball hanging out of the socket. <laughs> not that far, but like, but still like, like again, like, like you look at you're like, dude, like, yeah, that, that's a, my goodness. She survived that. My goodness. She's going to like need to go to the hospital. Yeah. You, you bring up a good point because I, and other Avengers, Marvel, you know, movies, you do see her kicking a lot of butt and she yeah. has, she knows all these moves be have deal with mass combat. Sure. And so I would have liked to see more of that too. Um, I don't need to see her getting cut up and bruised up and bled, but I mean, that would have gone along with it. And we actually didn't see a whole lot. I mean, yeah, she was fighting taskmaster here and there and there were some fight moments, but I mean, you know, the most of the fighting we see is like her blowing up stuff or, or one of the widows shooting something and that's it. Like, what happened to all the fighting? That's cool. Yeah. I mean, if we watch an Avengers movie, I mean, if, if it's Iron Man, we want to see like gadgets and stuff like come out of his suit and you know, start blowing things up. If it's Hulk, we want to see him get buff and yell and just run through walls, right? Um, or if it's Falcon, we want to see him fly and do a bunch of stuff, cool stuff in the air because that's what he is. That's yeah. what he does. We actually didn't see that much happening in this movie. What we did see, I mean, there there was enough physicality in the film where, again, they touched on it. But right. I feel as though, especially during the climax, like I really want it. Like, again, because Black Widow's fighting style is very hands-on, there's a physicality to that. And especially when she's fighting other types of people that are trained in the same way that she's trained, there just comes a point where like, it's not a payoff necessarily, but it's more like, like you as the viewer are, are going through this awful situation with the characters. So it's like, like if you watch like, I don't know, like, like you watch like an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie from the eighties or nineties, right? I mean, the dude is like pretty beat up by the end of it. Like all of his clothes are shredded and like, he's got like all kinds of like facial blemishes and stuff. 
And, and but it, it makes it more like, oh man, we made it through it together. Yeah, I mean, I was eating exactly. popcorn, but you took all the hits. <laughs> and man, oh, woo! Like that, that's something that I really wanted to see in her situation was like, um, due to the fact that that was her style. She wasn't, like you said, she's not Tony Stark. She doesn't have like all these repulsor rays. She's not the God of thunder. We're like, she, you right. know, I mean, even like speaking of Thor in the Avengers, when the Hulk punches Thor and he gets a bloody nose, that was one of my favorite scenes because it's like, Oh wow. Okay. It's on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we could talk about that forever. Let us go into our concluding thoughts. Everybody. Yeah. I was going to say, we're going a bit long here, but we can go into concluding thoughts. So I, I could go on all day. <laughs> go ahead. Concluding thoughts and rating. Yes, please. Well, I would say this. So it, this seemed to be a movie that Disney and the writers of the movie didn't exactly know what the fan base wanted. And so they, they, they put out a kind of a lukewarm film that was not bad, but it didn't live up to its potential. Um, I think the movie was written fine, but I think along the timeline of things that were supposed to happen and that we told, were, were told were going to happen and have happened, I don't think it was enough. Um, I think it, it's fine as a movie, like a standalone movie, but since we haven't had a very epic Marvel show or movie happen yet, this is kind of like the first... Well, that's the first of, of phase four. Right, exactly. So this is the beginning of, of phase four and it didn't really live up to my expectation or like the hype, I would say. They, they, didn't, they didn't put a bunch of like money into marketing it, but um, the trailer is awesome and we finally get our Black Widow origin story movie and I, I think I would have liked to, um, I think I would have liked it to be more epic, bigger, Um I would have liked to have known more of her history and more of her past, um, how she got to be Black Widow. How did she learn what she learned? And I think a lot of that was missing. I think when we look at different aspects of the film, you know, we, we can talk about things that were good, but then, but there's always a, but mm-hmm. we, you know, the casting was probably the best part. Like I said, um, there's a lot of great imagery with the explosions and the, yeah. and the action, but then again, the action wasn't at, you know, to par what we would like. Um, I think the enemies didn't go or the villains didn't go um, as, as far as they could have or we could have delved deeper into the villains. It was just, here's the villains and now they're gone sort of thing. So I think, you know, last night when I watched it, I think if you would have asked me what, what my rating was, I probably would have given it a 3.5. Uh-huh. But the more I think about it and the more I desire to see what I want to see with Black Widow's origin story, I think I'm going to rate it a three. Okay. Out of five. It, I'm glad we got the movie. It's just not the movie that I wanted. Well, thank you for that, Steve. Yes. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to what you have to say. Oh, well. <laughs> Let me get started. So I thought the movie was fun. I think that it's been a long time coming. I'm glad that we had a Black Widow standalone film because I've been very curious to know about her backstory. And I think in terms of the family dynamics, I think they, they really nailed it. I think they did a really nice job in terms of having an exploration of what the fallout is regarding the whole, like, you know, fictional family setup. Also in terms of how each of, of the characters, whether it's the sisters or the mother or the father have different perspectives as to, 
their involvement with what they did. Like some of them were in it for glory. Others were in it for, you know, scientific breakthroughs and, and just having more or less of, of um, kind of a go between, between like having um, conflict of what they are pretending to be versus who they truly are. And so I think when it comes to, to those types of dynamics, I think that they did a really nice job. I do think that I feel as though they needed to have more emphasis placed, at least during the first third of the film with black widow growing up in this program. I really wanted to get to grips with like the sacrifices that were made. They alluded to some of those things. Like they, they briefly talked about how, um, their reproductive organs were stripped from their bodies, which was horrible. But again, that was more of a verbal in terms of when they were speaking to their fictional father, when they were talking to the red guardian, they were talking about one of those, th- one of those sacrifices that they had to make that they had no decision or choice over. I wanted to actually have more of stuff like that going on from a visual standpoint, not to fixate on just that, but like the program itself is so rigorous. It's so demanding. It forces a person to lose their own identity and, and sense of self. And they become essentially a slave. So I really wanted to see that at the same time too, toward the end, I did want to see more of a life and death fight. Right. And I think that they did a really nice job in terms of setting up black widow with the daughter of Dracoff where like, I mean, she clearly has every right to want to take out black widow because she was this innocent girl and black widow robbed her of her innocence of her life of (laughs) even like, 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 you know, the physicality, like the, the horrible scarring and stuff like that. So they did a fine job setting that up. But at the same time, I I really wanted to see some sort of intense knockdown drag out physical fight that like, I mean, sure. Have it, have it end up the same way where they come to an accord where they have an understanding and everything else. And they're able to, you know, have a truce and that sort of thing. But I mean, they're, they're needed to be kind of a defining visual spectacle that shows, wow, like (laughs) black widow is a survivor. She's got grit. Yeah. And my goodness, like that was, that was awful. Yeah. And then, and, but here's why she's um, an Avenger. Right. I mean, this is why they picked her to be part of the team. Like to give you an idea, like I wanted, like I wanted that battle to be so brutal that even like seasoned UFC fighters, if they were to watch a movie, they would have been like, Ooh, <laughs> oh, oh man, I was, oh dude. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so anyway, having said all that, uh, I actually agree with you. I give the film three stars. I, I've always oh, uh, that. had that even from last night, even to um, today. And I think that, Again, I think it's a fun film. I think that that if you haven't seen it yet, you are going to have a good time. I'm glad that they started off phase four with this film. My hope is, as I'm sure it's with you, that we see more standalone Black Widow films and that, you know, like with Hawkeye and Black Widow, again, there is enough of the canon that has been mentioned throughout all of the MCU films where I think it lends all kinds of fantastic opportunities to be able to then explore those. The one kind of challenges is that some of these actors are getting older. That's why they should have done it a long time ago. Well, again, like I think that they, I think that for a long time, there was such a microscope placed on whether or not Marvel could be successful in building this ecosystem. 
now that they've done it, now they have a whole lot more wiggle room to start doing the, these other types of adventures. So that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention it financially helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, make sure you stay Dab that subscribe button. Maybe nudge that notification bell. That way you won't miss a single episode of Joygasm that drops every week on both YouTube and your favorite podcast provider. You also should do a search for Joygasm TV on social media. Whatever one that may be, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you're liking it is, whatever you're whatever you fancy, I say. And that way you'll be able to find out all kinds of additional nuggets of goodness. Last but not least, do a search of Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We look forward to seeing all of you once more next week.